Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A, Illinois. This is a sermon for Sunday, February 9th, 2020, the fifth Sunday of the Epiphany. The sermon is entitled Changing Lives and is based on Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to th- verses 13 through 20. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanlon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know if you have strong feelings about hymns or not, but uh, that hymn that we just sang is definitely one that ranks pretty high on the list of, of favorites uh, for me and I know in our, our family in general. Uh, it's just a powerful hymn. It it has that kind of marching feel and you can almost experience God marching, bringing that word into this world of darkness and overcoming it. Coming into this world of darkness with that bright light and shining forth. Thy strong word. It is God's word that is at the center of everything. It is God's word that creates light, that creates life. It is God's word that is the power behind everything. God's strong word brings us life, forgiveness, grace, truth. And it's Jesus' words that we hear in that Gospel reading today. And those words are strong and powerful words, but they're also surprising words. See, Jesus talks about the light of the world, and uh, okay, we've heard that before, haven't we? Throughout Advent and Christmas and even the season of Epiphany, we've talked about Jesus as the light of the world. How Jesus is that light that is coming into this world of darkness. We've been waiting for it. It came and it shines. That's a big theme in the church. This is nothing new. But what's so surprising is that normally when we hear the light of the world, the emphasis is all on Jesus. That Jesus is talking about himself or that we are talking about him. But here, Jesus switches things up in maybe a way that's a little uncomfortable for us. For Jesus does not start and say, I am the light of the world. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus is talking to those who are gathered to hear him preach. As I said, as I introduced the reading, he's talking to you and me. And what does Jesus say? He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What do you think about that? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. It's a little overwhelming, isn't it? It might even seem like Jesus is overreaching a little bit. I mean, when you think about yourself, do you think about yourself in those terms? Do do you really think that you can make a difference in this world? Or do you feel like you're just one person? You're just one individual. 
And we live in a world of over, what, seven and a half billion people? I mean, honestly, what difference can you make? Or even think about St. Paul's. Think about a larger number of us. Well, it might seem a little bit more impressive, but aren't you still a little bit overwhelmed? Doesn't Jesus sound like maybe he's overstating things? But Jesus speaks truth. Jesus isn't messing around. He knows exactly what he is saying. And the people that he's saying it to, those who were gathered around him, were not the upper echelon of society. They were not the the rich and the powerful. Those were not the kinds of people that were listening to Jesus. The kinds of people that came out were the sick, the unclean, the poor, those that were looking for hope in this world. And those are the very ones that Jesus says about them, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Not the rich, not the powerful, but the weak, the lowly, the insignificant. No matter how you think about yourself, you are a part of those people that Jesus is talking about. Paul, even in our epistle reading today, points out it's not his eloquence, it's not his wisdom that really means anything, because that doesn't do anything. Rather, it's the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God, it comes across as foolishness to so many people. It doesn't necessarily need eloquent words or powerful speaking. Rather, it is through the Spirit's work that even lowly words can turn the world upside down, can transform people's lives. It can change them. We all think the Great Commission is kind of important, right? At the end of Matthew's Gospel, when Jesus gives that command, those instructions to his disciples before he ascends to his Father, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. The Great Commission. It's important stuff. I think Jesus' words here might be even more important. See, the Great Commission, sometimes we say, okay, well, that's for somebody else. That's, that's not for me to do. That's not for me to accomplish. That's, that's the pastor's job. That's a teacher's job. Who am I to do this? Or sometimes we say, well, that's a command, but I don't have to do it. I'm saved by grace, after all, not by obedience. So let's just let somebody else take care of this. I'll, I'll take the forgiveness and I'll be all right. But here, Jesus doesn't issue a command. Jesus doesn't say, do this or don't do this. Jesus simply states a fact. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's just who you are. That is who you are in Christ. 
See, we, we're all made for something more than this world. We are made for something more than our own personal dreams and aspirations. We are made for God's kingdom. We are made in the image of God. We are redeemed by our Savior to, to be of service in His kingdom. Jesus is the light. The light of the world. The light that shines in the darkness. And Jesus has come into the world. That light has shone. But it has also touched you. You believe that word of God that says you are my child. You have been baptized. You have been called into God's family. You have received the light of Jesus. And as you receive that light, it shines in you too. You are the light of the world. And you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. Filled with His Spirit through the workings of God's Word and His sacraments. And it changes you. It flavors you. It preserves you. All of those things that Alana was talking about. You are the salt of the earth and it can't help but rub off on the people around you. See, as Christians, we are about more than simply waiting for God to take us to heaven. We are made for more than simply bewailing the state of this world, this world of darkness and decay and corruption. We have a job to do. We have a calling. Our lives have been changed because of Jesus. We bear the light of Christ. We bear his name as we are called Christians. And that has an effect. It has an effect on what we say and what we do. It has an effect on everything in our life. I think at St. Paul's, we are a people that tend to take Jesus' words pretty seriously. That when Jesus says something, we say, oh, this, this is important. This is truth. We need to listen to this. These are Jesus' words. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This past fall, uh, our church council assigned a, a small group of us, uh, about six, to, to think more about the vision statement here at St. Paul's, to think about how is it that we explain, why is it that we do what we do? And as we got together, the, the first thing that we, we thought about and we looked at was uh, this phrase that hopefully you're familiar with by now. We've been talking about it a lot this year that we are rooted in Christ, growing together in Christ, and branching out in Christ. And there's a lot that we like about that. There's a lot that speaks well about our identity. It says what we are, what we are about, what we are doing here. We think it does a good job 
of encapsulating the Great Commission. It it basically says the same thing as the Great Commission, but it it puts it in different words. It puts it in a new image. It's a, a metaphor. And it's God's Word. It summarizes that. We, we like that about it. But the more we thought about it, the more we talked about it, we said, well, it's good, we like it, but is, it, is this a good explanation of why we do what we do? And here we kind of said, we like it, but it's a little cumbersome. Hopefully by now, we've almost gone and... and seven months, eight months, talking about this really deliberately. You you might be able to recall it. You might be able to say it from memory. But if somebody just visits once or twice, would they know that? Would they be able to say that about us? Or would they say, well, they talked about that. There's this metaphor thing, and I I don't really understand it, but, but here it is. See, we thought it was a little bit too indirect. We thought it it speaks well to to us, to to people who know the Bible and know some of those images of the Bible. But if somebody didn't know that, would they get it or would they be confused? And so we tried to go back to the drawing board to say, is there a better way that we can simplify this, make it easy, and yet make it true to Scripture, true to who we are? And it sounds like that'd be really easy. But it wasn't. It isn't. And when we came to the end, we, we finally had something we, we thought worked. And so we brought it to council. We brought it to the voters meeting uh, last weekend. And we asked for a little bit of input, a little bit of your thoughts to say, is this true to who we are? Does this not only inform you of what it is that we do? Does it not only help us to direct our ministry, but does it help inspire? Does it help draw you in? Is this something that you hear and you say, yeah, that's that's us. That's something that I'm excited about. That's something that that I want to be a part of. That's something that I want to give my time, my talent, my treasure to because this is important stuff. And we think we at least have one good way of saying this. So we put it together in this pamphlet. And uh, I'm not going to go through it word for word, but I want to draw your attention to it so that you take it home. Don't just throw it away. And read through this. It starts with our mission of why why a congregation in the first place? Why does a church exist? What is it about? Which, obviously, like I said, the Great Commission is kind of part and parcel to it. But it goes through a vision as well. The why. Why do you want to be a part of this? Why is this so important? And then it also has values. And this is where, when we talked about the rooted and growing and branching out, we thought... This is, this is a value. We, we've been trying to make it a vision, but maybe it works better as a value because it doesn't really change. This is bedrock. This is who we are. Our vision, we, we can change that. We can tweak that as, as we learn and grow. It's always going to be rooted in God's Word, rooted in Christ, but maybe there's a better way to articulate it. Maybe there's a better way to say it. 
But this stuff, this stuff doesn't change about us. This is who we are. And as we think about that, then how does that lead us and inform our ministries to, to try to work more, to, to different efforts? Are there things that we are neglecting or should be working harder on? And we think about some of those things. So look this over. Get back to us. You can talk to myself, to Pastor Copen, Tom Sterneman, Brent Eden, Bob Bolden. Let us know your thoughts. At St. Paul's, we're about changing lives. Our lives have been changed. Our lives have been changed. And we are changing lives through worship. As we gather together to hear God's Word, to receive His gifts, our lives can't help but be changed by that. Our lives are changed. And we are changing lives through our compassion, through our service, through our hands and feet to the world around us. As Jesus said, let the world see your good works. There has to be good works there. There has to be that compassion of Christ so that they glorify God. Point them back to the reason why you're different. And we're changing lives through our education. If there's one thing people know about St. Paul's, I mean, why is it that we're here right now in this gymnasium? It's because of education. It's because education has been such an important part of our DNA. And why? Well, because it's good to be smart. Yeah, I guess so. It's because our education is built on the cornerstone of the gospel. That we are training people up in faith and knowledge of Jesus. And that's not just true about our school. That's in our Sunday school, in our Bible classes, in our small groups. That lives are changed through that education because we are sharing God's Word. There's a lot more about this that I could say, but we thought maybe seeing some of it would also do a better job of explaining why changing lives seems to fit who we are at St. Paul's. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are changing lives. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ who is our Lord and risen Savior. Please stand as we continue our work. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.